This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to a Real Man Wood podcast. This is Chris Liss, your host, and I am joined by my co-host as usual, Dalton Del Don of Yahoo Sports. What's going on, man? Uh, what's going on, Liz? Uh, not much over here, really. Uh, I feel like the last week just flew by. I'm going to record a podcast right after this one as well. So I don't have much for you this week, actually. What? Uh, what? Just I'm just in the middle of a full-on football mode. I wrote a sleepers article. I wrote a bust article. I'm sure people will love that. People love hearing you write negative things about them. That's the their favorite thing. Players that they own. I see you did what? You did a beat Chris List league and a stake league. So you have some some actual action you have to talk about. So how'd that go? Yeah, uh, I think the beat Chris List went well. Um, There's a little controversy. Got into a little Twitter argument about taking Jarvis Landry over Gronk and McCoy over Gronk, and we can talk about that. Um, I'm happy to make the case. And yeah. the stake oh. league, I made some egregious errors that uh, I don't know what was wrong with me. It was kind of late night. I don't want to use that as an excuse, but you know, it's obviously later here. It was after midnight, but I wasn't drunk or anything. I wasn't high. I'm not really sure why I did a couple things I did, but. I always, I always hate my team in that league, and I always end up easily eating steaks and never having to buy. So, I don't know. We'll see how it goes this year. Well, let's talk about the beat Chrysalis one first. So, you have the first pick, obviously the reversal, the third round. So, you didn't take – you took Gurley and then Mike Evans, and then Landry, the end of the third, right? Right. So, it was, you know, first 24-36 is how I picked, and then 37th. I'm kind of bummed. I, I wanted T.Y. Hilton over Mike Evans, but he just hurt his shoulder when that draft was coming out, and – I, it, it seemed like it wasn't a big deal. The Colts weren't making a big deal of it, but I just hate getting a guy who's got a problem going into the year. Now that it's like nothing, Stefani Bell was on the show today. Said she said it was nothing. Um, I probably would have taken Hilton over Evans. I just think he's just. It's just like if Hilton and Luck are healthy, there's no way Hilton can fail. I would have taken Hilton over Evans, but I get what you're saying. That injury kind of happened like the day of or whatever. I just, yeah, I probably should have. But anyway, so I took Evans. Evans could still be good. He's been a first-round value before. And uh, Winston's looked really good in the preseason. He looked really good in the second half yeah. last year. You he love, be, whatever. Just, you're obsessed with Bucks passing game. I get it. It's fine. No, I mean, I anyway, whatever. So I took Evans. That's not the interesting part. So at the end of round three, Landry's there. I was so happy he was there. Some guys got taken, like Joe Mixon, who I didn't want. So I snap up Landry, not even a second thought. And then after that, and remember, Josh Gordon was still AWOL at that point. Well, he had to leave away with Lee. You know, AWOL right. stands for away without leave, but he was away with leave, but he was away. And, right. then, uh, and then I took McCoy at the turn because it's been so quiet on the criminal front. And I mean, McCoy would be like a second round pick. I mean, he's going to get 270 carries and 60 catches if he, if he stays healthy and doesn't go to jail. So I was happy with them. I thought about Gronk. Gronk could slip down there. And if someone had taken Landry, I would have taken Gronk. But I just, I just don't think Gronk... I don't know. He's thinking about retiring. He's been he's missed 26 games the last six years. The Patriots are always looking ahead to the Super Bowl. They always have the easiest schedule because of the AFC East. I just don't think they give Gronk 125 targets. I think he gets like 107 targets. I think they just use him enough when they need him and kind of try to keep him healthy for the playoffs. Yeah, I just actually included him in that aforementioned bust list or whatever. Uh, just because I look at the Patriots, who, who else was I going to say overvalued? But I'm with you as far as an early pick there. Can you name the last time he played uh, 16 games in a season? 2011. Yeah, okay. All right. So over so, the last five years, he's averaged 57 catches and 844 yards. Right. I mean, but but take, even the, take out the injured years. I mean, he gets like 70 catches, 72 catches when he's you know in a 15-game season. The PPR, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean he's... I, I, so, he's super so, fun to own. I mean, he's fun to own, and I love the guy. I mean, he's great. He's awesome. But I also just feel like the Patriots are so concerned with, like, keeping him ready and healthy for the playoffs. Like, what are they in that division? Like, what are they uh, – he's, he's just going to – he was even talking about retiring in the offseason. So I'm with you. I think he's a risk where he's going. Yeah, and so, you know, Stobe was like, that's ridiculous to take – you know, it's malpractice to take Gronk. First of all, I don't think he plays in NFFC. I think he plays in half PPR, and half PPR, definitely <laughs> Gronk over Landry, not even a question, certainly in non-PPR. 
But he's like, Gronk, which one of the two has a chance to get 15 touchdowns? Gronk is the only one. I'm like, yeah, he, last time he got 15 touchdowns was in 2011. I was like, which one? And only one has a chance to get 125 catches. Too, which one has a chance to get 110 catches, 100 catches, 90 catches? Yeah. Well, well, what are the chances that Landry gets 110 catches? Well, he had 112 last year, not in 2011. In 2017, Landry had 112 catches. Now he's, sw- he's switching teams, different situation. But Gordon's been away. They got rid of Corey Coleman. You have Antonio Callaway, who may be suspended. I mean, it's, it's not like there's that much competition right now, even if Gordon shows up. What would you really put at Gordon? I'm curious. What would you put your, the number at Gordon's over under games played? I put, I put it at like 13 and a half. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, I but, have no idea what the, what, the, but, what the odds would be, but what the two odds are. 13 yeah, but, and a half seems okay. But I'd give That's, Landry like 15. I mean, Landry has never missed a game. I don't, I don't even remember that guy being on the injury report at any point. When have you ever been like asking Stefani Bell or somebody like that about Landry? He, he just never comes up. Are you watching Hard Knocks? I'm not watching it. No, but I heard he's like the oh, boss. Oh, so you're of the not team. getting influence. I like it. So you're not getting influence. No, but I heard he's like. I, I mean, I always thought I've I've read stuff that he's like an alpha dog. He's the guy that's like the boss of the team. He's well, he's get certainly the ball. living up. Yeah, he's living up to that. Yeah. that label and and on the camera I mean, on he's camera. Gonna so. get, he's going to get 150 targets and he's going to catch 100 passes, and he's going to probably get a, a thousand yards. He had 8.7 yards per target two years ago when Tannehill had the 7.7 YPA. So right. I don't think he's going to do that well, but I think he'll get a thousand yards on a hundred, you know, on a hundred catches. I, I brought seven him up touchdowns. This, pod, this podcast last week or the week before, I said I have to move him up. Like normally, I'd say that's a nutless monkey pick because of the lack of touchdown upside. I get it, but who knows? The quarterbacks could be good there in in Cleveland, and I I, I get it. The, t- the the catches, I I'm fine with Landry. I can't get behind uh, McCoy. I, I just put him. I on all the bus lists just because the age and the mileage and the, the, it just seems so obvious. So maybe you're right because it just seems so obvious that, that I would avoid him because just the worst situation in football from top to bottom offensively. And he wants to lessen his workload for, for his career. I mean, he could get suspended tomorrow. I, there's so much, so much shit there to untie. Right. But okay. So before that, the whole accusation went down, he was going in like the second round. And the reason he's going the second round Okay. Is because he is one of the running backs in the first round tier. That all the running backs in the first round tier. What makes them first round backs? They catch volume. passes. Yeah, volume and and three down workload. So the reason Jordan Howard is not a first round back, especially in uh, PPR, is he doesn't catch passes. So McCoy is in the same class as Melvin Gordon, as Dalvin Cook, all those guys. He's the guy that does it all for his team. So then there's a legitimate question of age and team and all that stuff. But just having a shitty team isn't really a problem. I mean, if your team's just kind of a 5-11 and 11 team, but you're the man who gets 280 carries and 60 catches, who gives a shit? I, in the I fourth round? Be, their defense is pretty good, so maybe they are a 5-win team. Right? But that maybe they're a 7-win like team. I mean, here, here's the thing. Look, Josh Allen is, is not looked that bad. Team. He's not looked that bad. I know. And I A.J. Know. McCarron is actually, he may play yet. That He may be okay. Oh. Well, there, I take it back then. I take it back. <laughs> I didn't realize it. I, I was definitely considering uh, McCarron having a broken clavicle when I was saying my, my bust yes, from McCoy. Yes, of course. But now, Your whole now premise that, of the Bill's not yeah, being No, but what I'm my saying case, is like nobody knows how good those guys are. And, and, I know. No, Alan has, even though his YPA has been off. And Corey Coleman, I, I don't know. Kelvin Benjamin, Corey Coleman, it might not be that bad. You know, the offensive line is supposedly bad, but... All right, so my, my case is obvious, you know, 30 years old. You know, last year he had 371 touches, and that's the first time he played 16 games since 2014. And last year, I don't know, does this matter to you? Like, so he ranked 55th out of 60 running backs for yards per carry after contact. So, like, is that the beginning of the end, or does that, you don't care about that, it's noise, whatever? I don't know. I mean, obviously all that stuff has some merit. I'm sure if you look at the list, there'll be some guys that are low on that that suck, and then some guys that lower on that the next year, they're amazing. Right, probably more that suck, but but when you have uh, all the pieces to a puzzle of age and uh, miles accruing and, and you know all that stuff against you, I mean that maybe that's another piece you pay a little bit more attention to. Maybe, but if you played sixteen games, that mean that in some ways is like okay, well he's also healthy now, right? So yeah. I mean it's all sort right. of like okay, he's, he couldn't have been that if he was aging that badly, he probably would have got hurt. And in fairness to you, I'm sure you could pick a, a bunch of question marks with anyone going at this time of the draft. Well, no, yeah, it's a 3-4 turn. I, there's nobody going after him. Think about last year. Oh, my guy Ajayi obviously would be the ultimate bet we have to make. I mean, I'm so low on Ajayi. I might just do it straight up. But 
Again, the McCoy Ajayi thing is, is, is not, it doesn't matter the 50th percentile. It's I the know. 80th percentile. Ajayi just has no ceiling. I mean, Ajayi, I guess he could be like LeGarrette Blunt 2016 or something, but McCoy could catch 60 passes. I mean, it's just a whole different level of upside in a full PPR. Uh, well, it's funny that you frame it that way. One is like the worst offensive system in football. The other is the Super Bowl defending champs with the most innovative system. I mean, the touchdowns. Who's already hurt, and they like spread the ball around and never throw him the ball. Ajayi can't catch the ball. Just because they haven't thrown to him doesn't mean he can't catch. But um, we'll see. All right, okay. But I, I only mention that because he went two picks later. The guy who went directly after was Alex Collins. What, who were you getting given a hard toe? That, you're saying that Gronk, because you didn't take him in either of those. That's the right. person that you're the I most thought about it. I thought about it. But again, like I'm with you. I, I just... I think people are getting confused about how good of a real-life player Gronk is versus how good of a full PPR, three receivers and a flex fantasy player he is. And don't get confused. You know, one is not necessarily related to the other. If, you know, I, I can't stand Larry Fitzgerald, but if he gets another 160 targets, he's going to be worth a third-round pick. I don't want him. I, I don't want a 35-year-old gambling on that, but you know what? If he gets the targets, he's going to be worth it. And it's the same thing with McCoy. If he gets 270 carries and 60 catches, it doesn't really matter whether he's good. All right. And then your next pick I actually included also on my bus, too, uh, is uh, Alshon Jeffrey. Oh, I love oh. Alshon Jeffrey. That, I don't love him. Here's what I think. No, I don't like anybody in the fifth and sixth round. Anybody. And I talked about this on the XM show. Like, There's a point in the auction where it's like, okay, the top guy went for 60, I'll go 55 on the third guy. Okay, I'll go 50 on the sixth guy. I'll go 48 on the 10th guy. I'll go 44 on the 12th guy. But there's a certain drop-off where you don't just go 40, you know, 40 on the 16th guy, you go 22 on the 15th guy. Like those first two and a half round picks, they go like incrementally down from the top. And then you, you really will lose your auction if you just keep incrementally going down. If you're, if you're betting, you know, 36 on Kenyon Drake and 34 on Jay Ajayi. I mean, you're in big trouble. I know you don't draw the line on Ajayi where I do, but I'm just saying, wherever it is, whatever you, whatever it is you draw the line from where the real difference makers who have guaranteed roles, who play a lot of, you know, who are going to get a ton of work right. um, and who are good, there's a drop-off between them and sort of the middle of the pack guys. And you don't just linearly, incrementally go down. You go down in the first and second round, and then at some point... It's like, okay, all the real good guys are off the board. Now nobody's above 19 or 18 or 16. You don't, you don't bid. Th- those are, end up being the worst buys in the draft because you'll see a guy go around later who would go around later in a draft, go for nine, go for seven. That's right. what happens every single draft. I got Marquis Goodwin for six. If you bought some receiver like, I don't know, uh, like Golden Tate in a half PPR for 28, that's just a terrible buy because I would say in a full PPR, I, I, would, I could see the case. But in a half PPR... Someone like that is below the drop. And so in the fifth and sixth round, everybody, in my opinion, is below the drop. There's nobody who's worth a fifth and sixth round pick in the fifth and sixth round. The, what a draft does is just like an auction, except that you have slots. Like, let's say the first, let's imagine a $200 budget. It doesn't matter that I'm making up these numbers. That pick 1.1 is the $65 slot. And you've got to spend 65 on whoever you want. Pick two is a $63 spot, and you got to spend $63. Pick three is a $62 slot, et cetera. Each one is a slot, and whatever draft slot you draw, that's how much auction money you have to spend on the guy of your choice at that point. So you're basically buying a player of a specific cost each way down. But the thing is, in a real auction, what most people would do is they would just not buy the fifth and sixth round prices. They would just, they right. would just let the... Basically, what happens? There's a gap between like the middle of the third, or the middle of the second, or whatever it is, and the next tier down. But in a draft, it's all that that pass. You pass. You just get more stars and and a whole bunch of scrubs and fill it in. But you're forced in a draft to slot where you slot. You have to take a guy there. So that's why in the fifth round you're always like, I don't like my choices. In the ninth round, you love your choices. Why? Because they're cheap. It's the ninth round. You're not worried about wasting a pick in the ninth round or in the twelfth round. You love you love your sleepers. And in the first and second and third round, you like your choices because everybody's good. But as you get to the fifth and sixth round, you don't like your choices because you're paying kind of an expensive price for somebody who's not really worth it. So that's kind of what I came upon. It was the last pick of the fifth round. I was like, who's the guy who's, he's basically Gronk, right? I mean, Jeffrey and Gronk pretty much will have the same stats if both are healthy. Agree? He's always so. Here's what I wrote about him. So and acknowledging he's playing through that shoulder injury all of last year, right? But he's his average separation 
was last among 124 receivers last year. And you said it yourself, you know, they spread it around there in Philly. And this guy was so injury prone. And I know that you love to give the guy a hard time, the speculation, you know, he might start season on IR, but what if he does? You know, I mean, he actually might. Well, he I might mean, start in PUP yeah, for six games. Sorry, I'm not, PUP, I'm, yeah. But, uh, well, but I mean, yeah, I mean, rotator cuff surgery. I mean, this guy was always injury injured back in Chicago. So I don't know. That's my counter. I, dude, obviously, I'd like to play through with, the injury at a high level in the playoffs and the Super Bowl. He was a key guy in the playoffs, connected yeah. with Falls, connected with Wentz later in the year, despite having a bad injury. We got it taken care of a couple weeks after the Super Bowl. He's iffy for week one. That's all we know. The PUP thing is probably bullshit. It's, of course, it's possible, just like we talked about last week. Stefani Bell said she doubts it would be PUP. They're going to want him to practice, so they're going to probably activate him so that he can practice. And whether it's week one or two or three, it doesn't really matter. I've got tons of receivers. I got Robbie Anderson as my flex. Even if, well, no, yeah, going quick, I was going to say, I love your next picks. I mean, Goodwin in the sixth, crazy. You know, I love him. Robbie Anderson in the eighth is a joke. What? What am I missing? I don't know. I don't get it. I guess I have him just that's robbery to me. I, I know you're the you like him as well, but I don't know. People next year, he's going to be ranked just so much higher than he's going this year. It's crazy. I, and what if Sam Darnold's good? I mean, Robbie Anderson can be a top 10 receiver if he has a real quarterback. Easy. Uh, he's 6'3, 190, runs a he runs a 4'3. So three. fast. Yeah, no, it's a monster. And he, and he made big plays with yeah. Bryce Petty when he broke onto the scene. I mean, that's when now he may be suspended a couple games. So if I have, you know, Jeffrey Hurt and Anderson suspended, but I'll still have Evans. I'll still have Well, this is funny. Landry. I'm just looking, right? I'm like looking at my wide receiver rankings, okay? You ready for this? Yep. 25th, Goodwin. 26th, Robbie Anderson. 27th, Jeffrey. So I like your, uh, I like your Goodwin and uh, Robbie Anderson picks. Better, Those, yeah. So I have them. But I, no, I, really, no, I think Jeffrey, I mean, you got to understand, you just talked about Ajayi being the, in the best offense. It's, you know, he's got a lot of competition for touches, and, he, and he's really limited with the pass catching upside, but... Jeffrey doesn't have that much competition. He's got Nelson Aguilar, who's certainly not like a dominant number one. He's got Ertz, and he's got and Mike Wallace. That go there, tied in too. I got you, but you said they spread it. I mean, you you were well, saying no, but that. What, what I'm Mike saying Wallace. is, it's not that many passing game options in a modern NFL passing game, and it's a very prolific passing game. So I don't know. I think it I, I was more so highlighting how high I am on. I, I have Goodwin and Anderson both as borderline top twenty-five. I, I have Goodwin like I think eighteen and not in. Okay non PPR or something, but so I'll, I'll just, I'll just say this Jeffrey versus Gronk. If they play the same amount of games, who you got? Um, I would, I would still take Gronk, but I get that it's fairly close. I would take Gronk. I mean, because Gronk may score, you know, in 14 games, he may score 11 touchdowns, 10, 11 touchdowns, yeah. but so could Jeffrey. Him. That's the guy. That's what he does. And you're that's like, separate, does, yeah. and you're like, take Even separate. Last year, yeah, horrible inefficiency last year, but he had like nine touchdowns or something, didn't he? Yeah, you're talking about separation. You don't need separation when right. you have a 15-foot wingspan and you know, you're know you six inches taller than the guy who's guarding you. Right. right. No, that's, that's true. Yeah, and you had Evan Ingram as well in there and, and Walker. Interesting, two tight ends. It's just a one tight end format, right? Yeah, but I can also play one of them at the flex. I just couldn't turn down Walker. He was so... He was, he was just so undervalued. The last pick of the ninth round, I, I just was like, all right, that's fine. And, and then, then crazy is that you got Stafford in the 10th and then Mahomes in the 12th. I actually had Mahomes a spot ahead of him. And that's not just me overreacting to that bomb. But, man, I, I will overreact and, and move up Tyreek Hill. I'm sorry. That, did you see that pass? I mean, it's crazy. It's like eight yards farther than the longest completed pass of anyone last year. I mean, come on. I know you're, you're kind of an a anti-Tyreek Hill guy, too. Did that change your opinion at all? Well, it was pretty impressive. And this is what's impressive is that, okay, so he's, it's a really small sample. He's just played the one game last year or whatever he played when Alex yeah. Smith was out. And then he plays this preseason game. And already he has the longest completion, you know, you know not, not longest play, but the longest completion, air yards completion in the whole year. But what's crazier than that isn't just that, that fact. It's crazier that his is like 69 yards, and number two is 62, and number three is 61, and number four is 60. It is like another order of magnitude beyond right. anything that anyone's even doing. So that's it looks how so sick, effortless. It looked effortless. That's so, yeah. how sick it is. And the sicker thing, even sicker thing, is that Hill is so fast that, I mean, you can guard him for a little bit, but... Can you really keep up with them if, if they have the ball in the 20-yard line? And I mean, I, I don't know like how long these guys can keep up with them. Now, there may be a secondary effect, though, that makes Kelsey and Kareem Hunt total monsters because the right. safeties may just be like, look, man, you guys are going to have to play 30 yards off the line because Tyreek Hill and, the, and Pat Mahomes are going to just torch us. 
And then, you know, they're going to give up something. And it may be Kareem Hunt just all day. You know, maybe Travis Kelsey all day. So, there, you know, there's a lot of it – may, it may not just be – it may not just benefit him. But, yeah, I, I have to say I was impressed. And, I've had uh, the top ten fantasy wide receiver for months. I'm sorry, uh, quarterback, obviously. And I now obviously now he's going to get even more buzz. But, yeah, he just could be a monster right away. I mean, don't forget he can run himself. It's not just the cannon. I mean, he's going to get a ton of rushing yards right, too. right. So I, I took Stafford ahead of him. I mean, Stafford's got such a high floor, too. I mean, that's the thing about Stafford. Like he... Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When you're looking for a credit card, get one that wins awards. The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best of Awards winner for Best 0% Intro APR and Balance Transfer Credit Card. It provides a great way to pay for large purchases over time, as well as consolidating other card balances. And speaking of award winners, the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best Credit Card for Dining Out or Ordering In. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. Get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. If you're into cashback or travel rewards, U.S. Bank has credit cards that feature those benefits, too. Check out their full suite of credit cards at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from VCUSA, Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. You know, Stafford is got three. I mean, they just run a ton. I mean, they throw a ton. Karan Johnson can catch. Theo Riddick can catch. I mean, maybe Blunt will steal seven or eight touchdowns, but, I mean, it's going to be three receivers. It's, it's just Stafford's good now. He's actually a decent QB. Yeah, everyone's worried about, including myself, I, I brought up that Tate, you know, people say that uh, Galladay cuts into Jones's production, but really it could be Tate too, and he's been coming off the field a lot in two receiver sets, but I guess the Lions run more three wide receiver sets than any team, but what about Stafford? You know, everyone's worried about who's going to cut into, but it's pretty nice having three legit, you know, if Galladay does break out, that's pretty sick weaponry suddenly for Stafford. Yeah, and Riddick is like a fourth receiver, yeah. you know, so, and, and maybe Luke Wilson's a decent tight end. Made some plays well, yeah, Ebron, Ebron could be addition by subtraction. So I like Stafford quite a bit. I mean, I think he's just so super safe. But then having him and Mahomes. But I, Stafford was a mistake because I made a nutless monkey move. It was the first pick of the 10th. And, you know, I was picking first, so I don't pick for 22 more picks. Yeah. So I was sort of like, all right, I don't want all the, you know, Mahomes, Stafford, uh, Goff. Like, there's like three or four guys. I think Goff was actually gone. There like three or four guys that I like in that tier. And I, I was hoping not to have them all gone. So I was like, all right. Screw it. So I'm a little thin on backup running backs. Like I have McCoy and Gurley. That's great as starters. But after that, Theo Riddick is my number three because I passed on like Marlon Mack and a bunch of other guys. Peyton, uh, Peyton Barber. Barber. Peyton Barber might have been a good one there, but who knows? Yeah, Jeremy Hill he got for upside. Christian Kirk. Uh, yeah, I mean, everything you read about him, it sounds like he might be a monster. So, I mean, so then I like uh, Justin Tucker, such a list thing in the 15th round. Yep. Are you seeing other people do that more? I mean, someone took Goskowski ahead. Goskowski left with an arm injury and the Patriots don't say anything. And this is like a week ago. And so I moved Guskowski to third. I don't want any sort of question no. mark. I mean, I just, you know, who knows? Any moment, they, any team can be like, oh, we're putting so-and-so on the IR. He shattered their bonus. You know, who knows? Who the fuck knows? Yeah, totally. Now, did you grab Chris Ivory in the 16th specifically because you had McCoy? Yeah, or, because of McCoy. Yeah. I, I don't normally back my guys up, but this just seemed like because I was A, thin at running back, B, because McCoy is in legal jeopardy as well as old, now, it could be – who's that other guy in uh, Buffalo that people start to sort of like? I forget. There's actually like – Marcus Murphy is the guy. Oh. So maybe it's not even Ivory. And Ivory, I mean – Yeah, you know, I know. Ivory's old too. I tried to – yeah, I, yeah. He's like Whatever. 30. It was a 16th round. I'm not going to – Right. Yeah, it was yeah. a sort of – all right, let me just take him. I like another – you got after McNichols, of course, your guy on, on SF. Your guy. And, yeah. Well, yeah. We'll see. Um, anyway, yeah. So that's an interesting draft of guys that I – don't like and guys that I love. So we'll see what happened in the state league. I heard you briefly talking about it on the radio, but you uh, you got blackout or something drunk and, no, and, and I was, did. I was totally sober. I, I made two. I made one regrettable nutless monkey move, but it wasn't like a it, it wasn't like a egregious choice. Like basically, first guy, one of the first guys out of the shoe, first back was Alvin Kamara, one for forty nine to Jeff, and it's you know it's no, it's non PPR. And then Barkley came up and Kreitz was trolling me like bidding him up the way I would do you know with you for forty ers and I said 53, he went 54. Now, Kamara went for 49. This is now the second back out of the shoe. And I'm yeah. like, I could say 55, but I was like, all right, screw it, you can have him. Like, I'm not gonna, like, I'm not gonna get bit up by some nutless monkey like Ken Kreitz. I'm not gonna get bit up way out of range. But it turns out that I was like, I'll just get Kareem Hunt for you know, 46 or something. Well, Kareem Hunt goes for 55. And everybody started going high. So, not, so I got Gurley for 62, which is fine. And then I went in on Fournette for 56 because he was the last guy in that tier for me. 
about six bucks more than I think he should have cost. But I don't mind spending the extra six on someone like that in a 14-team league. But it showed I should have gone the extra buck on Barkley, and I was a nutless monkey on my own guy. And so that was disappointing. So that was, but that was just sort of a not knowing you know, exactly what was going to happen. That, I, I forgive myself for that. But I made two unforgivable mistakes. Hold on, hold on. Before you get to those, let me do the, go through the batch real quick. I see that you're down. Both these we talked about, you have Gurley, which is nice. I have them in Stopa. So I, I like to see that you have a little bit of uh, stakes in, in Gurley. And Fournette, you, you just love these days. And I wanted to, to tell you uh, a stat that I, I came across recently, and I heard you talking about him uh, being fast. And Josh Hermsmeyer is a game speed deal. He was recorded as the fastest run yeah, last year. Yeah, I saw that last net. year. That, yeah. that 96, whatever, 91 right. yard or whatever was the top speed. I mean, right. that's impressive for a back. You know, he's like faster now. I mean, he's leaner now. It's 230. I mean, it was 235 then. He's 220 now. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was the highest top speed of any player and, last and year. So. I mean, dude, they took him fourth overall. This is a perfect team for a running back. It's like Jamal Lewis <laughs> on the Ravens that go, year. He could go crazy. I'm, I'm like, like three, if he's healthy, he's going to get like 325 carries. He's going to get like 50 catches. And they're just going to give him like, he's going to get like 18 touchdowns with the short fields and everything. I always considered it a big seven in my head. And then I debated Fournette, Gorky Gordon and um, Dalvin Cook. But now with, you know, like Latavius Murray and yeah, it's Fournette's easy. So you might as well even put him in that top eight, maybe even. You might even convince me. I I kind of agree. I'm just like, there's really no weakness. I mean, you'd like to see him catch a little more passes, but he caught 36 and 13 games last year on a bad ankle. I think he's going to catch 50. But I really so what, what, yeah. Let's so talk, here's talk what about. happened. So the ESPN software, we were in the draft room. It works pretty well. But the thing is, and you know, it's not like their fault. But it, every bid defaults to one dollar. So like, if you just nominate a guy, sure it's that way in Yahoo too, and you just hit the guy's name, he's going to come out for a dollar. And you can like manually be like nominate someone for fifteen or whatever. But it, the default's one. So almost everybody does one dollar on everybody, no matter how good of a player he is. Not only do they do that, though, that's fine. But, but then, like, you can plus one, okay? So these guys are like David Johnson, a dollar. And then the guy's like two. And the guy's like three, four. Yes. And I'm like, dude, fuck you. I'm going to be here all night. First of all, it's late for me. Second of all, there's no excuse. I'm like David Johnson, 48. W- without even deciding whether I want him yet, I'm just putting it to 48 where it's going to, you know, that's not going to get him, but... No, it's fine to throw out a guy that you know is going to go for a lot for a dollar just because you want to hurry up and get a guy out there if it's your time to nominate. But right. then, yeah, I might as well right. jump in a little. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so I'll be like David Johnson, 48. And if I want to get back in at 53, maybe I will. But it's just sort of I'm just making the bid real immediately. So I was doing that on basically every player because people will, if I don't do it, people are going to go $1, $1. So Rodgers goes for, 20, for 23, Sean Watson for 21, Cam Newton for 18. Wentz comes up. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to hurry this up, 13. And as soon as I did it, I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Just as I said, like, you, you, you have to be very careful where there's like, okay, fine. So it's $65 for the first guy, 63 for the second, 62 for the third. But you better not be going incrementally, linearly down when you get to that cliff because you're going to hit a cliff. It's not going to be just that you know, one step at a time down. And obviously after those four quarterbacks, after Newton, Wilson, Watson, and, and – uh, and Rodgers and maybe Brady in some people's minds, there's kind of a cliff with the QBs. And I, well, I fell off. Talking about, like, it fresh in everyone's mind, he's talking about is, you know, week one's going to be pushing it close. You right, know, I mean, right. I, actually, I made one other mistake, which I'll tell you in a second, but related to that. So I just went 13. Of course, it's stuck. And I was happy to see Cousins go for 11 or 10. And, like, some other guys, like Rivers went for 10 or something. Just like, okay, that's not that bad. But then Matt Ryan went for a buck, Stafford for three, Roethlisberger for three, Goff for two. Of course, that's just throwing. Basically that's weird. I have Goff, Stafford, Matt Ryan, Roethlisberger all in the same tier. I mean, I, I couldn't d- differentiate those guys at all. Well, I have Ryan a little lower, but it doesn't matter. I mean, the point is, like, it's a joke to spend 13, waste 13 when you're getting Ryan perfect. Had- Monster year just one year ago, won MVP, and he added Calvin Ridley in, like, second. I don't know. I, I yeah, can see but him. But, yeah, at the same time, though. The coach is now coaching the 49ers. Uh, no argument here. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, but regardless of what you think about the QBs, like that was just dumb. And I just, it was just a mental, like I was just like reflexively jumping these guys. Like I didn't want him. I didn't want him at 13. I didn't want him period. I was just like, okay, 13, let's move this along. And I was like, oh, wait, I just wasn't thinking for a second too late. Stuck. And the last thing I did, I don't know why I did this. This is truly, this is the worst thing I did. Schuler throws out Charles Clay at some point. I already had my tight end. I had like 15 bucks left. Every dollar is precious. Every slot's precious. And I'm like, oh, she's a Bills fan. He thinks Clay's going to have a good year. I'll go two. He'll go three. And of course, 
He's not Clay is a borderline one dollar player. He's not even a so, he shouldn't even be rostered. Because it's a one tight end league. It's a one tight end league and it is a flex. Jordan man. Reed went for four and George Kittle went for two on scene. So right. yeah, Charles Clay George should be like Clay a negative a borderline, five. Borderline not even not even be bought in this league. I don't know oh. what got into my mind for a split second when I was like, oh, she's a Bills guy. Here's two. I just totally forgot the context of everything. Maybe it's because the last auction I did was Stopa where Clay went for four. So that right. was stuck in my mind because the two tight end league. But I think Jeff said like, yeah, I didn't know what you were doing there. <laughs> Neither do I. So because I got Clay and I just totally wasted an extra buck because you know, obviously you have to spend a buck on everybody. And then I wasted a roster spot. It's not just the, the extra dollar. It's that like, I don't want that guy on my roster. I have Trey Burton. You already have Burton. You already yeah, had him. I Burton. I had zero reason to have my roster except the troll shoe. And because I was sure, I just, in somehow in my mind, it was the same thing with Wentz. Like, I wasn't thinking. I was like, oh, yeah, he's like three or four. So I'd just go to two just to like screw him over. And I'm like, what am I doing? And then, of course, it sticks. And so, what about Burton? Is, are you letting that influence you, just him getting peppered with all those targets in that one quarter of action? I mean, I, it's hard not to be influenced, right? Who's that? Burton. He looked like a monster. He looked yeah, like yeah. a football. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm not more influenced by the preseason or not. It's sort okay. of like everyone knows he's going to be in that Kelsey role. They brought him in okay. specifically for that. And, you know, we'll see if it works. I mean, nobody knows. He, it, Burton isn't like Delaney Walker. Delaney Walker is like, you know, right. he's going to be good if he's healthy. You know, he's going to get 75 catches. You know, he's going to get 900 yards, yeah. six touchdowns. Like, he's like money in the bank. Burton could be way better than that or nothing. And we don't know. But, it's it's worth. I always take the burdens. Then I I'll, every time I take the burdens. Okay. Yeah, I know you're a bur- me too. That's the type of guy I would take. But it's just you don't. You're not guaranteed much. But the 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 other thing is like I was going to take Foles as a one dollar, you know, just in case Wentz isn't ready. He's still on waivers, and that's like, the other thing you were going at when I said he, the week one right, status. He, he, yeah. Eli's not drafted. There's I mean he's put facing Jacksonville, oh. so I wouldn't pick him up. But there's plenty oh. of like, Tannehill's not drafted. There's plenty of guys. On waivers, so like if Wentz isn't ready for a week or two, it's not the end of the world. But I would have probably taken Foles with that last dollar, except I clogged a roster spot with Clay, and I wanted to get more. If you look at my wide receivers, it's like Albert Wilson and and Marquise Lee are my second and third wide receivers. So, well, the big question is Doug Baldwin at twenty eight. I'm trying to figure out what other receivers. So you're you're pretty confident in his health, I guess. So same price as Cooper. Yeah, I I guess I mean, that makes you sense. You know, I I'm not totally confident, but I think he would have been about thirty five if he were totally healthy and. I was yeah. low on money, and I was like, I'll go 28. I mean, if this is my other big name, you know, I got the two running backs and then Baldwin. I'm like, all right, right I can live with that. It's a 14-team league. So I've got, if I've got two first-round running backs, a first overall and an eighth overall type guy in non-PPR, and, I mean, I would take Fournette over, you know, we have this bet, Camara Fournette in half PPR, but in non-PPR, I think it's a slam dunk for Fournette. Um, so I have him in, like, the top seven probably, and so in non-PPR. So I just was like, I've got the core that I need, and then Burton – and then we'll see with the garbage that I have elsewhere whether I can fill. I actually like Marquise Lee, but I mean, you know, let's be realistic. He's not going to go crazy. Yeah, I know, I know. I, he, those other guys, I couldn't tell you who, but Didi Westbrook, whatever, Bolitnikoff winner, and Keelan Cole, people go nuts about. So I think Marquise Lee, like, we saw what the best he could do. Like, he was the number one for a good six week stretch last year and healthy. Typically, had been hurt in USC and stuff. So I, I'm actually down on Lee, but four bucks, whatever. Like he, yeah. he actually could get. I actually, I actually like him because, um, well, Davis was pointing out that Davis Maddock was pointing out that that the Jaguars uh, have a really soft pass defense schedule, and yeah, Lee is like know. the guy who's guaranteed to be the number one guy pretty much if he's healthy. Yeah. And yeah. Bortles, I, I wonder too. Like Bortles played well in the playoffs, and they. They kind of nutless monkeyed it, gave away that game to the Patriots because they weren't aggressive enough. Yeah, they, yeah, not aggressive at all. Yeah, I'm hoping they unleash him. That's why I got him in Stopa. Come on. Bortles. Bortles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I'm just all thinking, you know, they, yeah, I, I think Lee, I like him for four. But again, that's not, that's not your ideal number two receiver. Right, right. So next week, I guess we got to start talking uh, maybe against the spread. I know you don't like too much season preview stuff, but we did. Uh, I actually got to send the money and we got to uh, do the, uh, the, the super contest. So we'll start maybe doing more 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 talk about some gambling stuff moving forward. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you want to pull up props or over-unders or any of that shit, I'm happy to do it. Obviously, we're going to handicap the games during the year. It's going to be yeah. crazy, like, if this gambling thing ever takes for real. I, this could take a long time because there's so many nutless monkeys trying to get their hands on the pie. And it, they're, they're going to have, that, that model is going to have to fail first. To, let's be really greedy and just pass along the, the, the cost to the customers. And they won't know. They'll just do it at minus 120. They're fine. They'll just go for it. They're idiots. And then when that totally flops and fails, it'll take some time for sharp guys to organize and convince 
the government's like, hey, if you really want to make money, you got to do it this way, and here's the way to do it, and like really put in the work to convince everybody, and then do it, res you know, not responsibly, but do it, you know, professionally, so that like it's a, it's a legit product, and really manage it, and then you know the innovation that will come, like the the season long props, the, the in game props, the the everything props, the the, the ideas for you know, all the things you could bet on. And, and I, I wonder if fantasy would be like, not obsolete, but like, it's just such a great way to hedge. You, you know, you, you hedge like guys you missed in your draft by playing DFS, but DFS, you could be right about the guy you, you missed and still lose. Like here, you could just go bet a huge prop. The, the bigger thing even than DFS would be like, okay, 101 odds that Mark Easley is the number one yardage guy in week three. To me, that would be the funnest bet ever. Could you imagine every week having like long yeah, shot props for the guy who's going to get the most yards or the most touchdowns or the longest play from scrimmage or the most carries or the most catches or whatever. Yeah, I think that will be in our future, won't it? I mean, there's so many uh, permutations of what could happen, and there's so many ways yeah. the Sharps can just hone in. Like, let's say, like, some book is offering catch prop, you know, like most catches, most this, most that. There, there could be a Sharp who all he does is study that, and he's just going to hammer all the weak ones. And it's just going to be hard to do all the different things you know, for a book. And that's why the books are always trying to ban sharps now because with the, with the amount of data that's available to everybody, there's just so many people who are just so excellent at like some small thing. And, and the books have to be sort of jacks of all trades. No, for sure. Do you think they're going to – I mean, that's the other thing about DFS also, though. As you said, hey, I, I missed out. I want to use that guy. But so does 60% of other people in that tournament maybe. So that's another piece of action that you get more. Now, I hope they do come up with all these other options. Um, but – as you, you know, you're pretty, uh, you're, you're, you're skeptical still though, right? They're I'm gonna skeptical do this, in the right? short term. I'm very skeptical yeah. in the short term sure. because cause I was at that conference in Minnesota and David Purden, the ESPN reporter was like, yeah, they were, you know, they were talking, well, maybe the VIG will have to be minus 120. And it's like, dude, that's just, that's just not going to happen. Non-starter. Yeah, and, and I hear Rufus Peabody, I see his tweets and stuff about how, you know, they're always trying to like ban the sharps from betting. And it's kind of like, well, how are they going to, you know, you're just going to get these really like like boring, like just against the spread lines that are hammered down. I that saw set. that too. Yeah. It's ban you if you're good. That's yeah. That was, well, that I was mean, weird. they have to, it's like card counting and blackjack, right? Like their whole algorithm, which is like, okay, it's, it's minus minus one ten. You know, you got to risk 110 to win hundred. The whole thing fails. If people can beat that, like the, the whole thing is against the average person who just watches football minus one ten is printing money, but against the sharp, it's not printing money. Suddenly it loses just like blackjack. If you're, if you're, Blackjack, the rules are just printing money if people come and play, even if they play perfect. And most people, right. if you've been to of any kind of casino, are fucking terrible. They do the dumbest things all the time. They make mistakes routinely. But even if you are perfect, you're still an underdog. And so the game of blackjack by its design is favorable. But if someone's counting cards, then, then they're printing money over time. And so what can the casino do? It, they're too lazy to innovate and make some other... They're just like, okay, well, we, now we got to not let you play. We either have to quit, like shut down the game or ban these people. We're not going to just lay a game out that random people are just going to take as much money from us as they want. So, I mean, it's a real dilemma. I think the solution is going to be more like what the DFS sites do, which is going to be market makers. You know, it's going to be, you know, Rufus or somebody puts a big bet in and, you know, at this line, somebody takes the action. Some individual takes the action and the book takes some cut for setting it up. You know, right. FanDuel just takes in five grand, pays out forty five hundred every time they have a five thousand dollar prize. I mean, that's how they do it. They don't, they're not risk. They don't have their own team that they're looking for. Yeah, yeah and no so, liability. And so Vegas used to try to balance the action, but I think you know I mean, it's hard though. If the market's not that liquid, I mean, maybe there's no one there who's going to take his action. You know, no one's going to take that much of it as much as he wants. So it's got to be like Wall Street, where it's so sophisticated, where you put in a buy order, and three different, you know, the, the people just take your there'll be people on the other side of that market makers, so to speak. Right. But because right. if it's just, if it's just left up to the books, I, I don't think they can, I, I just don't think they're smart enough. I, I, I fear the same thing. Uh, let's definitely talk some over unders next week. Let's plan on that. Okay. Um, I was going to give you a hard time because I heard you on the XM show talking about OJ Howard's blocking when pro football focus ranks him as like the worst blocker last year. So maybe really? they're wrong. Maybe they're wrong. Well, well, no, I, don't I, I don't, I mean, not that pro football focus is the Bible, but I thought Mike Clay, who actually came from pro football focus, said that the reason they, they signed Brait and that Brait is a terrible blocker and Howard's a good blocker, and that's the problem for Howard. 
Uh, I so, don't know. Their, I, their grading system does not like him as a blocker, at least, at least well, last year. I mean, year's. that's good. I hope they don't like him as a blocker. That's a positive. But I, right. I'd heard from Mike Clay that the reason he didn't like him is because he's too good of a blocker compared to Braid, who can't block at all. And then so, yes. so that, you know, they're not going to run two tight ends in the routes and they just paid Braid. But, you know, all that stuff is just. I, I'm not the one watching the tape, man. Yeah. I'm just saying. Well, I'm just well, also, all that stuff, uh, forget about the blocking. That may be true. I have no idea. But what I'm saying is all that stuff about, well, they paid him and they did this and that. It's all just noise. It's like, well, Peyton Barber can't possibly be the starter. They drafted Ronald Jones so high and Peyton Barber's a nobody. With that much draft capital in Barber, he's starting. I mean, sorry, in, in Jones, he's starting. But already they've kicked Jones to the curb and they're openly, the running backs coach is openly mocking him saying, it's not surprising they didn't throw the ball to him a lot in college. Right. How many receivers? It's like, yeah. like, so the draft capital they sunk into him is, is worthless. Maybe the fact that they paid Brait, you know, maybe they'll, they'll decide, oh, wait, Howard's too good. I just think, yes, all that stuff is true, and it's why you wouldn't take Howard, like, seventh overall among tight ends. But at 10-11, when you get out of the sure things and you get past Trey Burton, it's like, why not take the guy who was the first-round pick who on every, you know, every single time he seemed to be running a route last year was making a huge play? You know, why not take the guy with the talent that, you know, maybe Brake gets hurt, maybe uh, Howard, you know, in the, in the meager routes he does run in three or four, the first three or four weeks, he's just so good that they have to just keep feeding him the ball. Yeah, no, I think he could be a beast fantasy-wise. Don't get me wrong. I have him ranked aggressively. Him and Njoku, I like. Uh, I think one of those two, or maybe both, go off. Um, all right, finally, I got to ask you the obvious. Uh, what are your thoughts on Michael Cohen and the Manafort and Donald Trump and all of this? Crazy how it all happened in the same, like, Seemingly the exact same moment, the, the, yeah. the Chargers came. Yeah, I don't know if it was calculated or what. Um, I don't know, you know what kind of thing. I think there's, again, I, I don't really follow this stuff that closely because it's, I just don't, I just, I just think it's like mostly crap. Like none, none of this has anything to do with collusion with Russia. Like that was the whole point of this probe. And the stuff I've read is that like that whole, the whole premise was because like John Brennan misinterpreted a joke that Trump made about, I hope they're reading their emails or something like that. And then he launched this investigation or they like, I don't really, I don't really see what this has to do with any of that. Like Manafort is guilty of like tax fraud, right? Like he didn't pay the taxes he owes. And then Cohen is the only one that I think has something, but, but, but it's kind of like, but we don't know the other, the Mueller investigation though, right? I I mean, I don't think he has shit because he's, he's indicting people like Gus Papadopoulos. If you ever listen to Ted Bell's podcast, that shit is nothing. It's nothing there. There's like, you, if you had a team with unlimited funds investigating you, they'd come up with something. They'd be like, oh, Dalton was, was playing some online sports stuff. He was betting before. He was, I don't want to get into all the shit you've done because you would go to jail for a long time even if I just said it on this podcast. You wouldn't have to dig deep. No. No. Yeah. But I'm just saying like, you know, they're finding stuff, but are they, are they finding anything that's really that relevant? The only thing that strikes me as somewhat relevant is he paid off Stormy Daniels to go away. And obviously, and that's, obviously that's what happened. Now, can they prove that? You know, because I think one of the, uh, the prongs of it seemed to be that, and it has to be for the sake of the election. You know, and Trump might be able to argue that, that, no, I paid her off because I'm married. It has nothing to do with the election. And they might, I don't know if that could get him out of it. Who knows? I don't know the law in that area well enough. But obviously, is an embarrassing scandal because he banged that porn star while he was married and he's running for president. And if that came out, that's not good. So he just paid some money. But technically, if he's paying money to advance his campaign or to suppress news, it's illegal, I guess. It's like a contribution. But like that is just such a technicality. So if there is nothing really connected to Russia whatsoever and that's the best they can do and he's got some sort of technical weasel thing like Clinton weaseled out of well, it depends on the meaning of what the word meaning of the word is is, you know, and if there's just any sort of weasel room to get out of it, I don't know. There's a huge appetite to see Trump impeached, beheaded, whatever that people want from him. But at the same time, I think like you gotta get some kind of real collusion, right? I mean, isn't that the isn't that the real isn't that the real point of the probe? I mean, people are getting super excited, but this is not this this seems to be kind of tangential. The fact that his lawyer is now under oath saying I paid this person and it's clearly to help campaign finances and he's going to serve jail time because of it. I don't know. That seems pretty. Well, pretty. He, well, I mean, like, he, he was busted for like some crazy tax fraud or fraud of his own. Right. So like he's he's not the most credible witness. He's like the lying sleazy weasel. And obviously he rolled over because once he realized that he was fucked. I mean, that dude is like 
you know, he was like a bully and a scumbag on Trump's behalf. He was bullying other people on Trump's behalf. And obviously, when he, once he got his day, he was going to roll. And so he's Trump like, Trump could pardon him too. Trump could just pardon him. I think it would. He could pardon him, but I think that would be so egregious in the sense of like, oh, this guy's turning on you, and now you're going to pardon him. You know, I, I, that might get him impeached because that would be just. That's like, it might just be too much overt corruption for even even in this day and age. So I don't know. If, he might he might do it, but I don't know if he could really get away with that. But I just think like it's a question of how credible is Michael Cohen as a human being, and two, everybody knows this is kind of the. It's not like he's secretly contributing money to the campaign illegally. He's trying to keep this story about him boning this porn star away from his campaign and his wife, his family. I mean, obviously, just that's why people pay. Even if he weren't running for president, he might have paid some cover-up money. Just the type of thing. So I don't know so, how. I don't know that. I don't know how sticky of a thing it is. But if, of all the stuff that I saw today, and I haven't really. Again, it's so annoying because people are just taking it way too crazy. I think that the Cohen one at least has a chance to be damaging and eventually get him impeached. So what odds would you put him as getting impeached? I'd say like one in six. Oh. Okay. Low, maybe lower than that. I mean, I just, oh. I, we'll see. I think, I think somewhat, doesn't it matter who wins Congress in, in yeah, the midterms? Huge, because yeah. well, they're going to need votes to impeach him, right? Like, so then like who's in charge is going to matter. And some articles, of course, they might have had an agenda, but they were claiming that those results yesterday may help, you know, the Democrats win the, the, the vote. Well, they might or they might actually re- help Republican turnout because they realize we're right. going to lose the guy that we wanted to this, what they consider a coup, kind of, you know, this whole, like, just we don't like the popular vote. The wrong guy won. Some scumbag, some deplorable leading scumbag that we just, that's not, who's not okay with us, won. That's not acceptable. The will of people was wrong. So we, because we think it's wrong, we're going to overturn it. Now, he obviously lost the popular vote, so people think, but we won the popular vote. But again, that's like, that's like those sabermetric guys that are like, what, they had more yards per target, and they had more YPA in the Super Bowl. It's like, yeah, but that's not, what the, that's not how you settle the Super Bowl. You know, it's yeah. the rules right. of the world. Right, I got you. I, I got one more right. thing. I got one more okay. thing, and, and I was thinking about this today. The whole Alex Jones thing, mm-hmm. it is... Like, we were like, yeah, you know, it's a, t- it's a tough call. You know, he was bullying those people that had the horrible tragedy and whether he should be banned. But, like, the more I think about it, it is an easy call. It is an easy call. No way should you be for banning anybody like that, even if he was worse than that. Here, here's, here's the scenario. It's kind of like saying, let's say someone bullied you on the street and you had two choices. You either had to, like, fight him, you know, fight the bully, take him on, or just accept that you're being bullied, or... Uh, decide that we should be in a police state so that no bullying could ever happen again, right? So like, you, there were two choices, either you, I'm not two choices, but you, you can either handle it yourself, whether it's accepting the situation or fighting the guy yourself, you know, whatever way you want to handle it yourself, or right. no, let's, let's have there be a police state so bullying doesn't happen. And I think that's the, the equivalent analogy because you're basically saying, yes, this guy's a pernicious influence. He spreads a lot of misinformation and actually people have been harmed by it. But do you just fight him, like sue him, fight him, punch him in the face, whatever you have to do, or right. just ignore him and just take the abuse from a bunch of idiots because he's in hope they go away? W- whatever, handle it yourself. Or do you want to put in the hands of basically unaccountable tech people the power to say who can speak and who can't? Because what always happens when there's a way to shut people up, when, when speech is not free anymore because oh, it harms the children or whatever the reason you have. Oh, it's damaging to the people or it hurts people's feelings or whatever reason you have why speech is, is no good. The powerful will always use that to silence people that they don't want talking. That's always how, in the end, it's going to be used. So it, it's really a question of you're having something bad legitimately happen to you and you have two choices. Neither of them are good, but one is handle it yourself, whatever way that is, and it's not fun, or have a police state. And the answer should always be Handle it yourself. Sometimes, you know, it's just unlucky that you're the one in, in trouble and you, you got to do something about it. And, but to, to put the power to ban people in the hands of those companies is just ridiculous. And it's already started happening where all these left-wing groups, people who are anti-globalists and whatever, I don't always agree with all of them, but like, you know, they, they have a right to express that political view. They're the ones being silenced. 
You know, it's going to oh. be anybody who doesn't agree with the establishment. You could say, well, we have to silence Jill Stein. We have to silence Bernie Sanders. He's a threat to, he can make Trump be president. The stakes are too high. We, you, if you're not supporting Hillary, the stakes are too high. I mean, you could easily see a website doing that because they believe that the stakes are too high and it's justified. The end justifies the means. You just cannot allow that. You cannot allow people to be silenced based on the points of views of the tech you know, oligarchs who are basically going to always perpetuate the, the, the powerful and the status quo. So I, I just think that's like, it's not even a close call. It is absolutely not. They should restore the guy immediately. Douchebag that he is. Lying sack that he is. It's, it's a no-brainer. No, I agree. And um, I thought, I didn't realize we were on the fence last time. I thought we did. We, we both we, agreed, but we we're both like, I could see, you know, yeah. but it's like, no, nah, it's, it's, you know, okay. it's unfortunate if it happens to you, it could happen to anybody. But, you know, the remedy is you got to fight that yourself. You know, you got to be uh, resourceful and you got to help people who can't fight for themselves and stand up for them if, if they're being bullied by some lying sack of shit. But the, the answer is absolutely not a internet police state where there's people saying who can be plat- deplatformed because they, you know, their ideas harm the children or whatever. Again, too dangerous, too, you know, their influence is too dangerous. That, that's, you know, that's a, a horrible, horrible idea to do that. Yeah, no, Bill, Bill Maher defended Alex Jones and said, absolutely, he shouldn't be taken off the air. Because Bill Jones Maher's said, been in that situation. Right. And, and Alex Jones has said some horrible things about Bill Maher. Like, they don't like each other. I mean, they, they hate each other. And he, he defended him on his show, and he said, this is wrong, and he should not be taken off off the air. So, so yeah. So, that's all I have for you this week. Other than, um, I heard there was talk of Jeff's cat's name on a lighter note on XM, and I never heard the answer. Do you want to leave a cliffhanger here, or do you want to tell them? Remember, you know, one of them was like Blueberry. I think one was Blueberry. I can't remember the other one. Oh, there wasn't even a story worth remembering? I mean, he was so reluctant to first tell them. Obviously, only a nutless monkey would name his cats that. That goes without saying. But I just was happy that I was able to... His cat made an appearance, made like a meow into the airwaves. Uh I heard his cat. He's always complaining off air about how much he hates his cats and how they always bother him when he's on the show because he can't do anything about it. I don't know why he doesn't just close the door, but whatever. And so they got on the air, and I was like, by the way, what's the name of your cat? And he didn't want to say. And then I got... Literally, I think like 50 people tweeted at Jeff... So to fun. divulge the name. I said, don't let him off the hook. This is just because we were talking about the Titans, how they weren't saying anything right. about Richard. And we're like, you're being right. just like the Titans. The people want to know. He's like, nobody wants to know. And everyone's like, yes, we do. And they were tweeting him in. Here and I he, am talking about it. So yeah, that's fine. And we, and we had to, and we, and we like, I made him. And then when he did it at the end, I said, man, that was so weak. I, no matter what, I would never have given it up, no matter how many people were asking. The name but, was so bad. You it was so yeah. embarrassing. Yeah, no, it was fine. It was, it was, I think he's okay. Yeah, my wife li- likes cats, but we can never have them. I'm allergic to them. So not, not a cat guy myself, more of a dog guy. But well, that is funny. Clean up your diet, nice. you'll stop being allergic. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Always nice of you to, 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 to give Jeff a hard time. But yeah. anyway, let's, good you're times. Not, you're not the only Talk. one, man. You're not the only one. Don't feel, you, you right. feel better. Right, right, right. True. All right, well, All right man. Check out the uh, Dalton Dalton Jeff Erickson support group. You guys can join that if you feel I'm uh, not being nice to you. Uh, also, rotowire.com slash pod, free 10-day trial to the site. You can like and five-star this podcast. I'm going to have to put an advertisement in here somewhere. Also, we do have a Real Man Woods uh, Slack room. It's kind of quiet now, but it'll get going when we start making the against the spread picks, I'm sure. So subscribe to Rotowire and check out that uh, Slack room. All right, man. Take it easy. All right. Later, Liz. All right. Later, Dom.